This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergeff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Greg Snow joining us uh, via the telephone this morning on what I was hoping was going to be, uh, you know, maybe not a joyous Monday if they had won yesterday, but at least not a blue Monday, but uh, lose to Tampa yesterday. That's a tough one, Greg, especially with Philadelphia coming up in just four days. I thought that kind of added importance to this, uh, to, to yesterday's game for the Vikings to win. And man, they just made too many mistakes. Boy, it certainly did, Todd. Uh, this is a rough schedule. We have a first place schedule this year. And, of course, the Eagles in Game 2 on a Thursday night. But this was one that I think everybody slated in as a W. Yeah. Tampa Bay is not a good roster. They have a they have a trash quarterback. We all know it. Yep. Uh, there's no reason to lose this game, but they found every way possible to lose it, even though it felt like we all played. I loved what the commentator said at halftime. This feels like it should be a 28-7 ball game. Yeah. But here we are tied at 10s, and it just uh, – it was tough to swallow, man. I, I I don't know how the Vikings move forward other than that they have to. So what is going on in the red zone with the Vikings? So why is, you know, I called more than one play, and if I can figure out what's coming, you know that defenses can, for whatever reason, as creative as they are out on the field, they're very predictable when they get inside the 10-yard line. Super disappointing. I mean, that's an area of big concern. I think that a lot of teams they focus on in training camp. That what do we got for packages down here? Uh, it seemed like a lot of times they went to that wide, spread wide, and I, I just I don't know. I I really liked what Oliver gave us yesterday, and then high. I don't know why they didn't go more three tight end down there and try to do some different things. But Todd, I there's a lot of plays in that game that I'm most disappointed about, and the red zone offense isn't even it. Can yeah. you believe that? I mean, maybe it was for you. I don't know. Tell me. I, well, I just noticed that the most, I guess, because they were there frequently throughout the first half, going up and down the field, hitting Tuck, uh, uh, Jefferson with, with big passes down the field, and then they get to the three-yard line and self-destruct, or, or the one-yard line, and, and can't get it in. Uh, they're just predictable. It's pass, then it's run on second down, and then it's pass again. Or it's run on first down, and then it's pass and pass. It just seems like they're a little predictable when they get close to the goal line. I thought the deep, I thought the defense was fine. Uh, it helps to be playing against Baker Mayfield, who was awful for three quarters. But then he made big throws at the end of the game, and Cousins didn't. Yeah, that's that's bottom line. Is uh, I don't know if our receivers weren't getting good enough separation. I mean, I I love to watch some of that all twenty-two uh, to see if you know there was some separation out there. There was one throw. I think Madison got in for a touchdown, anyways. But there's a throw in the end zone that ill-advised because he had Hawkinson wide open, uh, one receiver back. Um, so that one it doesn't really matter. But some of the decision making, uh, I thought somebody brought up a good point. I don't know if it was a commentator or somebody in the clubhouse that said. Maybe they do need to play some more in preseason. I mean, it, it looked like Cousins' decision-making just wasn't great. Even though, like you said, Todd, it was pretty precision there in the first half. I think he ended up with 270 in the first half, and yeah. things were moving pretty nicely. But to go into that locker room tied 10-10 with three turnovers, yeah, super disappointing. And, I, I mean, the defense was okay. 
they were okay. But I kept thinking to myself, "Is this is Baker Mayfield? Yeah, of course we're okay. This is what he does. He's just mediocre at best, and you're going to look good. And then all of a sudden, when the chips were down, you know, Baker, you know, Skip Bayless loves this guy, and he always touts him as a winner. Well, he made winning plays. Yeah, and that's what it came down to at the end. There, they made winning plays. And and it's sometimes it's small plays that make a difference. So there's Mayfield running on third down, trying to pick up their first first down of their last drive when they kept the Vikings off the field and wound up going to victory formation. There was plenty of time. Their best chance to stop them, uh, the defensive back Pace comes up and makes a business decision. Instead of throwing his shoulder into Mayfield and stopping him short of the first down, he goes high for a hands tackle, gives him an extra three yards while he's tackling him. That converted the first down, and then they and then they weren't never got that close to stopping him again. Very poor play. For my money, I would have had Pace sitting on the bench the rest of the game and considered cutting him uh, during the course of the week. He clearly made a business decision with the chains right in front of him. Late in the fourth quarter, when you need a stop, and he goes for the soft tackle. I hated that play. That right there, to me, was the most egregious play of the game for the Vikings because it showed uh, putting self above team in that situation. Wow, Todd. I sent a text to my buddies and said the play of the game was pace, not putting his shoulder into Baker. Yep. And even if Baker miraculously gets that first down on that, he still goes out of bounds, and you save 40 seconds. Yep. I have no idea what Pace was doing. I've said it from day one that these, this, he's an undersized linebacker, defensive back, whatever you want to call him. I'm super concerned about the linebacking group. That play, I was so mad yep. that the next person that walked in the clubhouse took my wrath. And I, didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even need it, but, but there were so many other options rather than to high tackle and to let him stay in bounds. Yeah. It made no sense. Somebody said, well, maybe he was afraid of getting a 15-yarder for hitting the quarterback. I go, not when you're coming to the side of him. No. When you're coming face-to-face, that's understandable. you got to pull up. But when you're coming from the side like Pace was, you have to two-hand throw him out of bounds or shoulder block him out of bounds. Yes. That's what I wanted to see was a shoulder block. I wanted to see him hit him. Hit him. Yes. Baker kind of beat him to the punch, and then you're right. Business decision. Yep. Flores better have a face-to-face, and I mean face-to-face, like noses touching, Yes, that that will never, ever happen again, or you'll find yourself on the streets, boy. They, they have him listed as a linebacker, but he's five foot ten and 230 pounds, uh, a rookie out of Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know where they drafted him uh, necessarily. Uh, let's see. Uh, here's his bio. I can't find the traffic, but but that was to me a business decision. Boy, if I if I lay him out here, I could wind up with a shoulder, and I need to keep my job. So I'm just gonna make a soft tackle on him. Uh, or it could be these guys are coached differently now. They don't really coach him to hit anymore. They coach him to take a guy to the ground so that he isn't injured. Plus, that saves money in their wallet. They don't get fined, as you just referenced. Uh, they don't cause penalties and so forth. Plus, they're legislating the physicality out of the game. We saw case in point that happened on that particular play. Yeah, you let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a first down and keep the clock running. Yep. That was the most egregious part of that. I, I yep. Fine, you don't want to hit him. Two hands, shove him out of bounds. Fine, he gets the first down. I'm not even that mad about it. But we saved 40 seconds. It's a big deal. 
Yep. You got to get him out of bounds there. Yep. That was, that was terrible. Uh, Jefferson looked great as he always does, uh, and uh, was open. But for whatever reason, they get close to the end zone. He doesn't see many targets anymore. Uh, that's another reason I was uh, disappointed in the play in the red zone is they don't target Jefferson. Uh, you know, they're looking for whoever else. How many times did they look to K.J. Osborne when they got close to the end zone? The interception, for example. So here's my theory on that Cousins interception at the goal line where he was trying to hit Osborne. I thought it was a little forced, uh, but there was a window there. And why was Cousins fuming uh, sitting on the bench? So you compare uh, that interception uh, with uh, the, the third down throw late in the game that where the Vikings then punted and didn't get the ball back, where he missed a wide open K.J. Osborne. That time he dropped his head. You can see he pointed at his own chest. On the interception at the goal line, he sat with his head down and fumed to his position coach for a couple of minutes. He was screaming on the sideline, and we know from Netflix he'll get excited about stuff. That was because I think he was upset with Osborne because Osborne drifted on his route. Instead of sitting down where he was supposed to, which is where Cousins threw it, Osborne saw that defender out of the corner of his eye and started to drift to the inside, and that forced the ball to be behind him and allow it to be intercepted by that defensive back. Uh, what, what did you see on that play? Yeah, that was good analysis, Todd. I agree with that. Mm. And the other part of it is Osborne had the ball. The guy just yep. the defender just ripped it out of him. Uh, again, Cousins could have been upset about that. Of you know, this goes against my stats. No wide receiver ever walks away going, "Yeah, I had three interceptions this year." Right. You know that they don't they don't say that right. That doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But for Cousins, it shows up. I don't know what his quarterback coach probably said to him to have him go off, but or or position coach or maybe it was the wide receiver coach. I don't I don't know all it's the coaches. The yet, QB Todd, coach. I think it was the QB okay. coach. He was say, fuming too, and not, and the coach didn't say anything to set Cousins off. He was set off okay. already by the play. Well, there's a good point then there is maybe he, Cousins is venting to him, yep. hoping he'll go to the wide receiver's coach yep. and then kind of work around, you know, Minnesota passive-aggressive. I totally get that, right? He doesn't want to go to Osborne and just lay into him. Because he's he done that to- in the past. You say it's passive-aggressive, but Cousins has fumed his receivers in the past. He gets criticized by the media up and down one side, up the other. So he can't do that anymore, he feels like. So he's venting to his position coach about it. I had no problem with him being upset about that, and you're nope. right. It is not. He was not upset at himself. Nope. That was definitely something that KJ did wrong. Yep. And also, fight for that ball, man. That's a huge play in this game. Yep. I mean, mammoth, Todd. Right at the goal so line. Just, yeah, right at the goal line. Even if you stall out, if you go to the and get a field goal, it's something. But bottom line is that was a mammoth play as well. I'm still not even as mad about that one because we had so much time left and we did nothing. That first yeah. drive was nice. Tampa, of course, put together the 17-play drive, and then we come back with a big winner. So the game just flew at that point. But yeah. at that overall, I, I would love to say I'm disappointed, but I just, I'm just meh about yeah. the Vikings recently. I'm meh about a lot of their decisions. I'm meh about their direction. I can't tell if they're rebuilding or retooling or – what they're trying to do totally. Uh, again, you know I've been meh with Cousins, but this year it's not on him. He's making $20 million against the cap. Yeah. This isn't – he's not killing us with the financials that he has in the past. Now yeah. you could say some of the past aggressions maybe, but at the end of the day, Todd, 
if this defense is going to play like that, which I don't think they will, I think that was just because of Baker. We got to win some ball games. Yeah, have to. Yeah. Well, I think the I think the direction that they're trying to take to me is clear. They're trying to win right now. I just don't think they can with the with the composition of the lineup and. Honestly, with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback, he's a good quarterback. I'm not sure he's a championship-level quarterback. I think they are trying to win right now. It's I don't know what the future holds. You know, I don't know if they're going Cousins again uh, for another contract. They don't have a quarterback. You see other teams that flounder around with these retread quarterbacks. We're seeing Tampa right now. They're going to try and get through a season with Baker Mayfield. I'd be shocked if he makes it, but I think they're trying to win. I just don't know that they have the team to do it. Uh, and then we don't see Marcus Davenport. The reason that they were able to get him as cheaply as they were, why? Injury history, and here he is injured, missing the first game. Garrett Bradbury now has a back. They bring in Schlotman. Who knows how that's going to be? Uh, to me, the biggest concerns were protection through the middle of the offensive line and a lack of a pass rush in a lot of instances. Part of that, no Davenport, you need him over there. But there was plenty of times where Mayfield stood in the pocket all day long before finally uh, delivering a pass. You give him, you give any quarterback in the NFL that kind of time, they're going to complete some big passes on you. Well, I'll back you up. There's a commentator out there that said there's two things in the NFL right now. Protect your quarterback and get to the other team's quarterback. Yep. Those are the two things right now, and that's how you should draft. Well, the Vikings didn't draft that way. Uh, they thought they got that with Daniil and Davenport and uh, some other guys that, again, it's just not there. Um, I'm, I think it's going to be an L on Thursday, Todd. I, I just don't see how – I actually thought, saw some of that Philly game. They looked beatable, but that concerns me because they have all the weapons, all the, all the weapons possible. So they might just put a stomping on us. Uh, I, I'm, 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 now, as I talk about it, I'm semi-depressed. <laughs> I thought you were mad. The mad yeah, I was mad. Until you but started now I start talking to me. I, I look over, the schedule's in my head, and Green Bay, of course, love looks good. Of course he does. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? I was kind of impressed with Detroit. Some people say, well, Kansas City handles the game. They're the defending Super Bowl champions at home, Yeah. and Detroit beat them. They usually lose that game by 27. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah Todd, our division is not – it's not ours for the taking anymore. Now we're going to have to shock some people to be to be even up there with some of these teams. It feels like. Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel like that. That's for sure. But you know what? Sometimes you lose the game you're supposed to win and win the one uh, that you're not supposed to. I'm with you. I, I see a beatdown coming on Thursday night. But I've I've had that feeling before with the Vikings, and then they flip the script and and play differently. But Philadelphia has so much speed uh, throughout their team. They're they're going to be tough. It's a tough win at Philadelphia, especially on short rest like they have. Now, I know they were probably prepping for Philadelphia before the season began, uh, obviously knowing the schedule, and it would be just four days later. But I'm not sure that's going to be enough uh, to help them out. Plus, the Vikings tend to struggle against mobile quarterbacks, what Jalen Hurts certainly is. Yes, they do. I was thinking that myself. Of Anybody who can get outside the pocket and make plays, we're in trouble. And, Todd, they probably should have just been prepping for Tampa Bay and just been one-and-one and, one and been okay, like all of us thought we would be. Yeah. We were okay with one-and-one one after those first two games. Yeah. But now, so if they beat Philly, actually all is well. Because at the end of the day, so a huge opportunity, because at the end of the day, we wanted to be one-and-one one at the end of these first two games. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Last year, against, I went to that Dallas game. We had a short week going into Thursday with uh, the Patriots, and I was thinking, well, I don't know how they're going to back up that. Well, 
maybe it's just get out there and play, yeah. you know, and, and get it out of your mind. Maybe this will be a great thing, and the Vikings can go into uh, go into the Philadelphia. What is it, Gillette? What is their stadium? Again? I don't know. I don't know what it I is. I forget. Okay, go into the Philly Stadium and yeah. win that game. I should know this. I know it as Veteran Stadium. That's all I know. I don't. I don't care. Keep track of all the sponsor names. So all the, the name changes. Yeah. The the uh, forty four pass attempts by Cousins, seventeen rush attempts in a close, low scoring game. I, I I'd like to see a little more of an emphasis on the running game. I don't expect him to be fifty fifty. That's not balanced to me. But forty four to seventeen uh, isn't correct either. I would like to see a little more uh, of an attempt to get a, a running game going. I think that would help the pass protection. Yeah, maybe. I, you're probably right, but I don't... I don't cousin, our best players are our three wide receivers, our tight end, and our quarterback. Sure. So again... But you make open. them better by having a run game. I don't disagree totally, but you also make them better by make, completing some passes. Yeah. That that last throw to KJ, I won't forget either. I mean, that's ridiculous. Wide he didn't open. Need to throw a one million mile an hour fastball. Yep. Wide open. Cousins tried to throw a fastball in there. He just needed a soft little curveball, and it would have been fine. Would have been a first down. Let's move the chains. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Now I'm getting salty, Todd. I don't want to be salty about it. <laughs> I want to be mad. I want to uh, be mad. I don't want to be angry. I had a member come in and try to chat with me, and I had a hard time dealing with it. I wanted to tell him you don't know me yet up here at Eagle Creek. That I don't, I don't want to be talked to after a Vikings loss. You need to just walk out of that door. I, I but I didn't know how to say it, Todd, and I, I don't want to be that way. I want to be met. Was there a lot of people showing up after the game out there then? Not a lot. We uh, had a parent-child tournament, and it would kind of help so that I could watch the game. But uh, yeah, I, they don't know me yet, and with the with these Vikings and how angry I get, I, I like I said, I don't need to be that way. It's just football, right? That's right. But that's we right. love it. Yes, it's that's a, right. It's kind of what we do. And thank goodness for fantasy football because then I can cheer for other guys. So you're not uh, all up on the Vikings right now, but uh, how about the Twins? I know they lost yesterday, but they got a great outing from Pablo Lopez. You know, they haven't lost a three or more game series since early August. Uh, they, they've played really well for the last. Actually, I think it's late July. I was looking it up the other day. It's been like six weeks since they lost a three- or four-game series. They had a two-game where they were swept by Milwaukee in there. But they've been playing pretty good baseball lately. And you watch Pablo Lopez pitch yesterday, and you think, wow, maybe they do have a number one ace to match up with somebody else's. Well, and Sonny Gray was our was our all-star representative. So yep. I think Pablo ended up making it, but Sonny was our pick. So. Todd, the starting pitching is there. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we could – what's the prognosis on Buxton? Is he out for the year again? It doesn't matter. He's not going to make any difference. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm moving on. You know, and you know what a big Buxton fan I am. I've moved on. I know. I've moved on. That's what, you're going to wind up swallowing the two biggest contracts you have on the roster are both failed contracts. You put him oh. and Correa together. Oh, yeah. well – I'm hoping Craig can do something in the postseason because, as we know, that's where it comes down to for the Twins. We've got to win some games this year. Yeah. Just a game. Yeah, yeah. We'll be happy. End of that long losing streak. Greg, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Have a great day. Greg Snow joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.